Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined every Friday by my main man, Derek Bell. Find us on YouTube.com slash All Steelers Talk or anywhere you get your podcasts. Like, it's a gorgeous day in the Berg, but I got nothing positive to say. Starting this podcast, I tried so hard in the 10 seconds that we had before the show started. It is what it is, but it is gorgeous. Derek, you might be frozen. Are you frozen? He is frozen. So we're going to start it off with this. The Pittsburgh Steelers host the Tampa Bay Buccaneers week six Acrisure Stadium on Sunday, 1 p.m. kickoff. It's it's a big day for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Why? Because not only is their season hanging in the balance already in week six, but everybody and their mother is dealing with injuries. While we wait for Derek to come back, make sure to drop all your questions out here. But right there, and I know Derek has so much to say because we talked about it before the show and I couldn't stop laughing. But here's the problem. You're walking into Sunday already against the greatest quarterback of all time, You've no starting secondary, none. Akella Witherspoon's been out. Cam Sutton is now out with a hamstring injury. Levi Wallace is on concussion protocol. Minka Fitzpatrick is dealing with a knee injury, so it'll be Trey Norwood, James Pierre, and Josh Jackson starting with Terrell Edmonds in the second, in the secondary. I can't say it's going to be good. Here's here's the thing. Here's where maybe there's some positives. Derek's back right before I had to come up with some nonsense about positives. As I said, before we get right, as I introduced you, I was like, I don't have anything positive to say, but I'm going to try to find some. So I'm glad you're back. Cause I had nothing. I had very little, but as I was saying, it's a beautiful day in the Berg. So uh, how are you? We're doing all right. Um, not as good as I was <laughs> before seeing that injury report, but um you know we'll just have to see what see what happens on sunday man this is gonna be a uh it's gonna be an interesting one for sure it's um it's bleak to say the least bleak is a good word to describe it it's gonna be it's gonna be a rough one on paper it's gonna be a rough one no i just rattled him off but no akella witherspoon has been out for a while no cam sutton no Levi Wallace, no Minka Fitzpatrick. It'll be James Pierre and Josh Jackson on the outside, Arthur Millette on the inside, Terrell Edmonds and Trey Norwood at safety. You were saying before the show, you have to expect Elijah Riley gets a call up. You also have to expect Mark Gilbert probably gets a shot. I mean, that's probably the worst secondary of all time to face Tom Brady. I don't know what the actual worst secondary is, but when it's all said and done, What's he at 21 years now in the league when he walks away and somebody asks, what was the worst group of secondary players you played against? He might name this list. He might do it. Yeah. uh, I literally just tweeted that out. Like the Steelers have rolled some bad defenses, especially some bad secondaries out on the, on the field against Tom Brady. But this group that they're going to roll out there on Sunday is uh, man, it's, it's unfortunate. And you know, it's, it's asking a lot. I know we're going to make a bunch of, um, you know, jokes to kind of hide the pain a little bit, but um, it's just asking a lot of guys like Josh Jackson and James Pierre to go out there, you know, on, you know, really short notice and, you know, with a week of practice and go out there and cover guys like Mike Evans and um, Chris Godwin and guys like that. It's, 
it's going to be tough. And not to mention, obviously, going up against arguably the greatest quarterback of all time. So um, we'll have to see what happens. At least, you know, those guys did get a little bit of burn last week. Kind of, you know, some of that was in garbage time. Um, but both of them played last week. So it's not, I guess, their first time playing in this defense. So that's Yeah, it's not the first time playing in the defense. But did you see anything last week that struck you as, ah, oh, okay, well, you know, you could learn from that? Think. Oh, it wouldn't maybe. surprise me if Pierre held his own on Sunday. Is all I'm gonna say. Like because of what I saw from him in training camp, um, mm-hmm. when I was there those couple of days, I, I really thought that he was he had a lot of really highly competitive reps. Now, like again, I want to preface that by saying he is going to be guarding Mike Evans, who yes. has like a seven year thousand yard streak coming into this year. So keep expectations in check, but I think Pierre can be competitive. Both him and Josh Jackson do have some size to them. Um, with the Bucks having a lot of size at receiver, you know, they've got bigger guys like Evans, Godwin, um, even Julio, you know, when, whenever he's healthy, if, if he even ever is healthy these days. Um, yeah, I don't even know if that's but they've got thing. at least Jackson um, – and uh, Pierre have some length and some size to him uh, to match up on the boundary. Yeah, I will say that it's, you know, like you've seen some really detrimental cornerbacks in Pittsburgh. I mean, we could go as far back to the Ross Cockrell days, but these guys like James Pierre at one point was thought to have some serious potential that that didn't pan out, but he's only year three. You know, like it's not I'm not ready to say that he doesn't deserve a shot in the NFL. Let me add. Let me ask this. And at one point, Josh Jackson was a second round pick. Let me ask this. Just a super, just, you know, another let's run with the bad. Would you have rather had James Pierre and Justin Lane out there in this situation than James Pierre and Josh Jackson? No, I, <laughs> I never saw anything from Lane in the three years that he was here that would have made me feel comfortable. You know, and obviously Jack Jackson's kind of like a reclamation project. You know, he never panned out in Green Bay. You know, never really saw the field very much. Um, kind of got lapped by other guys that they drafted over him. Um, but, you know, at the same time, you know, these things do happen. Guys get second chances. They get into a new yeah. environment. They get into a coaching staff that believes in them, um, you know, and I, I these things do happen from time to time. I would be sh- I would be rather surprised if it happened like this for Jackson. But um, again, that's why you roll the ball out. Let's just see what happens. Um, the good thing about Sunday, too, is like the Steelers have no pressure on them. They're one and four. No, They're the odds on favorite to get the number one pick at, at the moment in the NFL draft next year. Um, they're facing Tom Brady. They're going to probably I would anticipate that that line. Um, I think is at nine right now. I think that that's going to move to double digits by the time game time starts. Um, so there's literally no pressure on them whatsoever. Just go out and play ball and see what happens. Yeah, I agree with that statement. Like at this point, you're playing with house money because you're out there. Just do whatever you got to do to win, you know, and, and the best part about that is it's only week six. So it's not like this is week 17. The season's over. This game sucks. Nobody even wants to watch it. Like it's week six. There's still a whole season in front of us. Miracles do happen in the NFL. I'm not saying I'm not trying to put in anybody's head. That's what's going to happen here. I'm just saying that they do happen in the NFL. So you got there. You you do anything you want to do. Like this is the week where you throw everything you possibly can against the wall. If something sticks, you run with it. You, this is not like, a, oh, let's try to develop an offense. Let's try to no. Do whatever you got to do 
to try to pull this one out. And if you can, you look like geniuses. You look like the, the biggest underdog ever. This is also going to be one of those times where, like, you know, you hear about those, like, folk heroes. Like, every team has yeah. them. Um, <laughs> like, you remember when so-and-so had that huge catch against this team. Like, this could be one of those games. Even if, like, even if the Steelers win, lose, whatever, like, it could be one of those games where some of these, like, unheard of guys just go off. And either they, like, you know, integrate themselves into the Steelers' plans moving forward or it's just kind of like one of those one-off games that a lot of the fans will always kind of, like, recall – uh, moving forward, it's just like random, really impressive performances. So um, the only thing that I'll say, too, like because I think we're trying to get all the positive stuff out of the way early um, to keep you guys, <laughs> you know, at least even keeled um, is, you know, the Steelers, um, obviously they've had trouble scoring in the first um, quarter. They haven't had an opening drop touchdown since Mason Rudolph did that against Detroit last year. Um, the Bucks have been a really slow starting team this year as well. So, like, they haven't scored a first quarter touchdown either. Saw that stat on Twitter um, a couple of days ago. So, I mean, the crowd's going to be fired up. I'm sure they're going to introduce Kenny and warm and um, intros. You know, the crowd should be fired up for that. His first home start as a Steelers starter. Um, so, you know, maybe some of that energy coming out. Uh, maybe they can start faster than they have. Just get lucky. Maybe a special teams bounce goes their way, um, you know, and just kind of catch Tampa maybe sleepwalking a little bit into the building. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's how they beat Buffalo last season, and it just seemed like it was just all energy all the time. You could pull something. Like you said, like this could be a folk hero story. Like this could be one where it's like, yeah, remember that time? Tom Brady's last time in Pittsburgh. Couldn't pull it out against the Rook. This is, I mean, this is, this is as NFL as NFL gets right here. Okay. The Kenny Pickett and Tom Brady, if this is Tom Brady's last season, this is, this is the, the largest gap between starting and before between starting quarterbacks in Tom Brady's career Two 222 games or something to two between those two last time in Pittsburgh, probably like I could just see it. I could just see 10 years from now there be a social media beef between a Tom Brady fan and a Steelers fan and the Steelers fans able to pull out. Yeah. Well, remember that one season where we went two and 14? Well, we beat Tom Brady. So get out of here. And I could just, I could just see that happen. Uh, there's a couple of questions here in the chat. William Jackson. I, I haven't seen reports that William Jackson wants out is it possible trade. Do you like William Jackson? William Jackson is like one of the most like volatile corners in the league. Like I know um, we talked about this a lot in the offseason with Akello, like yeah. how he's just real up and real down all the time. Um, and that's really what William Jackson is too. Like there are times where he looks like, you know, one of the best corners in the league. And then there's times where he looks like borderline unplayable. So um, I think Washington might have a little buyer's remorse. I think that some of that could be due to scheme. Um, because Washington's kind of running some stuff that I don't um, don't think really fits his skill set. I think they're not running as much like man coverage as like really he prefers. Um, but I don't. I mean, the Steelers do not need to be buyers right now, like at all. There's no reason no. for the Steelers to be buyers. They they need to be um, you know holding pad or maybe even sellers at the deadline. Like they may even ship off a piece um, depending on you know how these next couple games go. So. Um, Jackson's a talented dude. He's never really been able to put it together consistently. I know the Steelers loved him coming out of the draft. Um, 
apparently he was their target really before the Bengals kind of sniped him and took him right before Pittsburgh was on the clock and they ended up um, kind of turning to Artie Burns. But um, I'm going to say no on that, at least my opinion. Yeah, so I agree. I, I agree with the buyer-seller thing. The Steelers have no reason to be buyers right now. You know, if things turn around in the next two weeks and you're three and four heading into week eight, maybe you think about it. But right now, no way. I'm thinking about shipping pieces like Chase Claypool possibly. I mean, if you're getting real crazy, Devin Bush, but I doubt it. You know, it depends on how how bad the season is. Uh, one more and then we've got a quick word here. Uh, what's wrong with DeMarvin Leal? DeMarvin Leal went down yesterday with a knee injury, finished practice, didn't practice today. Couldn't tell you what's wrong with it. I, he, I, I talked to him lightly today in the locker room, like just like a casual conversation. He didn't, he wouldn't give me any update on the injury. Um, so I, I don't know what's going on there, but as of right now, it's Isaiah Loudermilk time. I'm, I'm actually excited about Isaiah Loudermilk getting a helmet this week because DeMarvin Leal's got some really good ups and some, you know, not too terrible downs. I think Isaiah Loudermilk needs to insert himself into this defense because what's going on isn't working. You need better depth. I don't know who you like. You're not going to not give Tyson Alualo a helmet, but maybe you're not going to give Tyson Alualo a helmet because Isaiah Loudermilk shows that he's a fully capable defensive tackle in that position. And I would like to see that at some point this season. Yeah, I mean, if anything else, we know Loudermilk can be an asset against the run. The I mean, run, exactly. Um, that's at least something. But, you know, it's a good opportunity for him uh, without Leal. Um, you know, Ogan Joby didn't finish. He barely played against Buffalo, only like seven snaps or something like that with his back yeah. issue. Who really knows how healthy he's going to be um, this Sunday? And, again, like if this game gets out of hand, we're going to kind of see – what we saw in the fourth quarter of last week where you're going to, you know, start to get some of your younger guys, some of your backups, um, you know, maybe for both teams kind of in the game to kind of, you know, evaluate some talent that you don't normally see. Yeah, exactly. And Isaiah Loudermilk needs like Isaiah Loudermilk coming into the season was a guy where you're just like, this could be a part of the future that faded really quickly. I would like to see if that's just gone or if it's okay. There's just so much going on on the defensive line that, Isaiah Loudermilk just seems to be the odd man out and he's only second year guy. So like, it's not like it's a, Oh my gosh, this is red flags. Like it would have been red flags if he didn't make the team. The fact that he's here and just not active says another thing. All right, real quick. We'll be back in two minutes. We got a word from our boys at established titles. Yeah. Let me just set up. Oh, that, that right there. Let me tell you about it. So you're talking about this, right? See, I'm actually a lord. It's from established titles, a fun and novel way to preserve the natural woodlands of Scotland while helping global reforestation efforts. It's based on a historic Scottish custom where landowners are referred to as lairds, but in English, they're, or as we should say, are called lords and ladies. What you do is you purchase a title pack that gives you at least one square foot of dedicated land on a private estate in Edelston, Scotland, and an official certificate with a crest right there. Your certificate actually features a unique plot number, which you can see the exact location of your land. And with it, established title plants a tree and works with global charities like One Tree Planted and Trees for the Future to support global reforestation efforts. The other great part, you could officially change your name to Lord or Lady and get it on your credit card, plane tickets, etc. It's 
the perfect last minute gift. And finally, the best part. The first 200 per people to purchase one of these bad boys using my link will effectively be in a plot next to mine within a few minutes of walking distance. Depending on how many of you want to become a lord or a lady, we can build our own little all Steelers talk kingdom. How awesome is that? It makes an amazing last minute gift. Established Titles is actually running a Black Friday sale, their biggest sale of the year. Plus, if you see use the code ALLSTEALERS, you get an additional 10% off. All you have to do is go to EstablishedTitles.com slash ALLSTEALERS to get your gifts now and help support our channel. Let's build a little All Steelers Talk Kingdom today. So, uh... Established titles like sports podcasts, I guess. Couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you. But I am a lord in Scotland, which is pretty sick. So if anybody wants to come join me in Scotland, that's pretty cool. One day I'm going to go find that place. I won't lie to you. I'm going to go find where my tree's planted. I'm going to bring a chair. And I'm going to just sit around chilling. Chilling on my chilling on my one square foot little piece of land in Scotland. So pretty excited. Check them out. Uh, Establishedtitles.com slash all Steelers talk. All right. Let's talk. The other side of the injury report. Pat Fryermuth out. Connor Hayward, Zach Entry should get a bigger role. Um, do you expect big things from Connor? I, I'm a little excited to see what Connor Hayward could do. I think he is a much shorter version of Pat Fryermuth. Maybe not as you know reliable, but I, I think I think catch wise, athleticism wise, you know Connor Hayward stacks up. I think he could be fine. Yeah, I mean, they're probably going to be throwing the ball a lot. So yeah, I, 75 times know, a game. Probably. That's probably more geared toward like what Hayward can do is kind of like a move piece. Um, really not missing a ton. I mean, Firemoose kind of struggled a little bit this season as a blocker, but Hayward's not much of a blocker either. So, And they don't probably won't have a chance to run the ball very long. So, um, you know, not really a, not really a huge thing. Um, hopefully – you know, maybe they can get uh, Hayward a couple catches on some of those play action plays. Um, maybe they'll start using the middle of the field. We'll see. Yeah, maybe we'll start yeah. using the middle. What did that, you take away from Tomlin's? This is the first time we've talked since Tuesday. What did you take away from Tomlin's? Maybe we'll, you know, we'll look into changes to the play calling. Did you take that seriously, or did you just because you're laughing? Yeah, <laughs> I bet Tomlin's presser on Tuesday was funny. The only thing that was a uh, <laughs> Like remotely interesting that came out of Tomlin's presser was uh, what was that quote that he had that was fire? You know which one I'm talking about. Hang on, let me go look at it. But in the meantime, no. Uh, in the meantime, no. I I just it's going to be very difficult to make a change um, to the play calling this season. I mean, they they studied the ball off season and they wrote it back with Matt Canada for whatever reason, and now they're kind of stuck with him. Honestly, like. You have a rookie quarterback changing coordinators and then, you know, trying to implement like a different type of playbook in the middle of the season. It's just it's not really realistic or a good um, really solution. I mean, it's going to be difficult no matter what they do at this point. Um, they're going to need a full reset, like and an actual reset um, in the offseason. But do you think that play calling could change things? Like, do you think it's a whole scheme thing? 
when you watch this offense? Like, is it the scheme that's wrong, or is it the play oh, calling that just stinks? Oh, no, there's 31 NFL offenses, and then there's whatever the hell the Steelers are running. Like, <laughs> if you guys don't, <laughs> I'm I'm sorry, but like, if you guys don't have like an NFL Plus subscription, or like, don't go and watch. Like, I know some some people don't really find the whole like all 22 stuff interesting, and I, but. Um, if you guys really want to like go watch some of these other NFL offenses or just go watch the Buffalo game, for example, watch what Buffalo's doing on offense and then just put on what we're doing. And it's a completely, it's a different sport. I mean, it, it really is. It's, it's almost, um, it's almost hilarious. Like there are, there are execution issues. Obviously you can't just blame the whole thing on like scheme or play calling. They, they really don't have a ton of like a ton of talent on offense. Like, it's not nearly as bad as what it looks right now, I don't think, but they don't have a lot of like high end talent guys either. But this is a this is a terrible scheme. I mean, this is exactly what we talked about last year. It was a bad scheme last year, and everyone just for whatever reason just kind of thought, let's take thirty nine year old Ben out of the equation equation, insert younger, more athletic quarterback and run it back. And that <laughs> To me, that never made any sense, but that's exactly what they did. So that is exactly what they did. I I can't believe that there was because, like, don't get me wrong, Ben was not good last season. No, but, ben was on his last leg. Yeah, <laughs> Ben. Yeah, Ben. Like, you know what I mean? Ben was a thirty-nine-year-old quarterback. You know that that happens. But I there were so many people, so many people that were like, you know, Ben's this is restricted because of Ben because of Ben. Like, you know, you you got to run. Ben won't allow Matt Canada to run his offense. Ben probably looked at that offense and went, you're an idiot. You have to no. stop. That no. was exactly probably the conversation that probably happened. And there were so many people, so many people that were like, you like, I can't, he's holding him back. Now we've seen it. I said it in June. So I think you asked, somebody asked was like, how's the offense look? How does the Matt Canada offense look? And I was like, it looks like a lot of people are moving around for no reason. That's that's what it looks like. It just looks like a bunch of people are shifting and then nobody goes anywhere. And that's well, what we got. This is the quote that I was talking about. I tweeted it out. Uh, our windshield is bigger than our rear view. That, that, rear that's, view. Fire. Yeah. that's fire. I might I might low-key have to go get that tatted on me. Um, <laughs> no, but like speaking of the play calling, though, like if you're looking for things that you want to change, um, you know, really on Sunday – I just want to see less like I don't necessarily think that like play action rollouts or sprint right rollouts or sprint left rollouts are like the worst thing in the world when you have a young quarterback that you're trying to get into rhythm. But like when you're overly reliant on that, that's not good, nor does it help a young quarterback. Like, for example, they ran that same like sprint right option with like the boundary receiver running that like five yard stop route. They ran that five times in the first half alone. Five, like no NFL offense is doing that. That is like that is stuff that you would go watch your like JV football team for your like 15 or 16 year old son. And he's out there literally like seven on seven, like first type of practice type of deal. Like this is not an NFL like that's not what they do at the NFL level, man. Like no. they run the same stuff like over and over. And like, obviously, I think there's a level of predictability with Canada's offense. And it's a level. That level is yeah. higher than – it's higher than Zach Entry's head. But, like, with, with Pickett, though, like, you need to expand it more and have it be less restrictive, not just because – like, I think 
a little bit of last week was like protecting him in order to like, you know, protect his confidence maybe, or like from him having a bad game. But like, you don't learn anything about a player running that type of offense. Like yep. that's the type of offense you run with someone, you know, is terrible. And you're just trying to win like a seven to zero game. This is a first round quarterback. Like you can, you can be um, like patient or cautious with his development, but that's actively like restricting his development. Those are, there, there are differences with that. Yeah, I, I, I agree completely. At, at first, the first week of the season, the first two weeks of the season, the rollouts got me. I was like, okay, this makes sense. You don't trust your offensive line. At this point in the season, I trust the offensive line more than I trust anybody on that football field offensively. And they still continue to do the same thing. I agree with you. It's as predictable as it gets. I don't know what could change. Do you agree with this comment here? It's a bad idea to, ch- to replace an OC during the season. It'll get worse. It's, Can it get it's worse? Going, it's going to be difficult regardless. This is exactly what we talked about in the offseason, though, with like why when it was very clear to me, this is one of the things I worried about, when it was very clear to me that the Steelers were going to draft a quarterback, um, having them having Matt Canada in charge of a rookie quarterback scared the hell out of me. We, we talked about it in the offseason on this channel, um, but that's yeah. exactly what they're doing now. But the thing is, he does make a good point. It's going to be extremely challenging, like we talked about, to just completely scrap everything and do something completely different moving forward. This is not a play – like, for example, Todd Haley was an awful play caller, but Todd Haley's play design was – there were some good things there. He just had no idea how to like sequence plays or like he would be too cute a lot of the time. Um, Canada's bad at both and that's not good. <laughs> so like this isn't something to where you can hand the keys to like Mike Sullivan and say, here, use Matt Canada's offense and call the plays and that fixes it. It's not going to fix it. That's yeah, I don't know. I, I agree. I, I don't think that things get better if you fire an offensive coordinator. You know, and and the fact that the scheme is so crazy, like, I just don't think that there is a fix this season. You know, the the scary part about this, and I don't know if I've told you, you this yet, but I have heard from very reliable people that Matt Canada has another year on his contract. And we all know that the Steelers don't like to fire coaches. They just like to let their contracts run out. I don't think that that's the case here. I don't think Matt Canada's got that hold like the rest of these people do. But it's it's definitely a concern. Definitely a concern that I I I thought he was too. But the the person I heard about it from told it to me in a way of like, you know, don't don't get your hopes up. And I was like, what are you talking about? Don't do this to people because I have to relay this, and people are going to kill me. This is not okay. So we'll see. But that's what I've been told. The only way that Canada stays is. And this is the only way is if Kenny looks really, really good. Yeah, crazy good. But that's like, not gonna you just scored three points yeah. in his first game. Yeah, like and I tweeted some numbers out today of like just setting like a baseline rookie expectation for like first rounders. And the numbers aren't good. Like normally rookie quarterbacks are not good. Like Ben, guys like that, like the Justin Herberts and stuff, like those guys are the exception, not the rule. Yep. So like you need to be like very realistic about what Kenny's year is probably going to look like we've we you know hope for the best and obviously I think Kenny's um, going to get better as time moves on but you just have to be realistic about what we're looking at here um, but the only way I see Canada really 
even his job is if you know he on a eight week yeah. nine week heater where Kenny you know <laughs> has like a hundred and something passer rating and you know he's got like you know 14 15 touchdowns to like six picks or something then maybe but I just don't I don't see either of those things happening uh, yeah I don't see that that if that does happen maybe 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 we all just owe Matt Cannon an apology but that's you know chances are that's not gonna happen all right last thing I want to talk about before we get into our picks for the week um which we were both way off last week in case you uh in case we were wondering um I picked the bills didn't I I just you did pick the bills but you picked the bills 34 to 17. Uh, so it was a win but it was a loss <laughs> all right Najee Harris no you didn't you took the points you took the bills or you took the Steelers on the points to keep it within 14. no no, you no. didn't. You took Buffalo. All right, yeah, you won last no, week. But I lost it. on the over. I, lost, I hit the. I talked. Yeah, the yeah, over. yeah. You I did. The over was like over. forty-four, right? Forty-six and a half. Yeah, yeah. Which Buffalo smoked as it was. Um, no, no, no. That was the no, no. It wasn't the over. Wasn't wasn't. Um. All right. Najee Harris said today that he's been working with a steel steel plate in his cleat. He took it off two days ago. He said that that you know feels a lot better. Um do you expect changes? Do you, do you look at that and say, Oh, that explains at least some, it obviously doesn't explain everything, but do you look at that as, Oh, that explains some of this. I mean, it's very clear that Najee doesn't have a ton of burst right now. So I'm sure that some of that um, is relative to his foot. Um, Like we talked about kind of with Calvin Austin. I mean, that Liz Frank injury is not something that is, a quick fix. I mean, it's not a sprained ankle. Uh, it takes time to work your way back. And even when you're on the way back, you don't feel like yourself for a little while. Um, so um, that could be promising moving forward. Maybe Najee starts to look more like the back that we saw last year that we kind of thought would take, you know, a leap in his second year instead of taking like kind of like a regression, at least up to this point. Um, I think, you know, he's got a chance to kind of write that story as we move on. Like if he starts to look good over the next couple of weeks, even if the Steelers are losing, um, you can kind of point to that injury. Like, yeah, that's what was holding him back. Um, if he kind of looks like the same player, then it's probably more due to other issues. So, yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't think that he gets fixed a hundred percent because of this. I still think that he does have vision issues. But I, I think it does explain a lot of things. Like, I ex- I think it explains things like, you know, against Buffalo. I, I mean, I think we've all seen it. The play where he, he hits the left tackle, he hits Dan Moore's back. There is no one within 15 yards of the left side of the field, and he decides to go inside. He gets two yards. I think that was a little bit of indecision because he realizes he wouldn't be able to outrun anybody out there. I think that that could change this week, but I, I, it's still a test to me. Like I, I, I think Najee's dealing with injuries, but there's also a part of me that says maybe Najee's, you know, taking a beating and things hit you hard in the NFL when they hit you. It's, it's also really um, obvious on film that Najee doesn't trust this offensive line. Like I think the offensive line has played better than we anticipated. Um, I think they've been better in pass protection than they have been, um, on the ground, um, some other people kind of disagree with that, but um, there are plays where I think um, Najee's just really not seeing things exactly clearly up front. So 
Um, yeah. Part of that's trust, you know, and that's that's working with an offensive line. You know, you, it's hard to blame him necessarily last season in, in particular because um, that was an awful offensive line last season. And, you know, yeah. them kind of picking it up this year is a good thing, but he's got to learn to kind of like trust those guys um, and be a little more patient. Um, I think people have mainly knocked Najee a little bit for like that patience. I don't necessarily think that that's a bad thing. I just think that he's got to trust what he's seeing more. Um, and then when he sees it, there needs to be a little more burst. Like I think that Najee doesn't have that burst right now. And, um, you know, that's really been a, a big detriment to kind of his success. Agreed. And at the same time, I think like the whole call for Jalen Warren to start defenses, when you go back and watch the film, defenses play Jalen Warren totally different than they play Najee Harris. They 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 expect the run with Najee in there. They like rarely expect the run when Jalen's on the field, I feel. So I think Jalen has exceeded expectations in the fact that like he's an undrafted guy and he's done some nice things. He's been really good in blitz protection, um, pass pro. You know, he was on the field on a handful of third downs. Yeah, pass pros. I'm not knocking Jalen. Yeah. Just... And, and made some guys miss in the open field last week, but we're talking about a really small sample size. Like yep. we, we gotta, we gotta be careful about that too. Um, you know, again, let's see what Najee looks like in these next couple of weeks. Now that he's saying that he's healthier um, and then just kind of roll from there. And that doesn't mean that you can't play Jalen Warren. You can still get Jalen Warren, um, you know, snaps. You can still like rotate him. He can play on third downs. You know, he can take, you know, 30, 35% of the snaps if you want. Um, you don't have to have to run Najee into the ground. Um, I just think we need a bigger sample size before we start saying like, you know, Warren's a better back or anything like that. I, I don't think we can go there just yet. No, I totally agree. I think that you look at it right now and you just, you just rock a one, two punch. Like we've been yelling for two years now on this show, the Steelers need another running back. And now they finally got one by accident. They got one. Let it go. Just let, let it go. Don't try to ask too much. Beggars can't be choosers. It is what it is. I feel, I agree with you there. All right. Before we head out of here. Let's see if we can get this one right. Tampa Bay Buccaneers come to the Pittsburgh Steelers at Crusher Stadium. Probably the last time Tom Brady plays the Steelers unless, you know, they meet in Thank the God. Super Bowl. You never know. Yeah, yeah. It's a glorious day in Pittsburgh, win or lose. The Bucs are only eight and a half point favorites right now, according to FanDuel, with a 45 point over under. That's a tough one. What are you feeling here? I want the Bucs, 100%. Wow, who would have saw that one coming? I, and then uh, I'm just going to roll it back. I'm going to take the over again. I, I just – eventually the Steelers are going to start scoring some points. I mean, they're not going to – No, eventually – they've got to get lucky. I mean, even some garbage time points. <laughs> I mean, lucky. look, this is Kenny's third, you know, second start, third game. He's going to throw a touchdown, and it's going to be glorious. It's going to be like yins are heaven. People are going to be going crazy. Um He's going to throw a touchdown this week. I don't know to who, um, but he's going to throw one. And I think they're definitely going to score more than three points. The defense is probably going to allow over 30. Um, so I'm going to say, what's the over under? 45? 45. Um, I'm going to say 30, 31. And, uh, uh, 34. To 13. All right. 34-13. Last week you said 34-17. Yeah. 
Oh man, I don't have high hopes for this one. I don't, and I'm trying like you like it's so hard to do this because there's that part of you that's like, well, like it can't be that bad. Like it can't, it just can't be that bad. But then there's that other part of you that's like, well, it's been that bad. And like what is shown, it's only gotten worse. Like it's been that bad and it has somehow only gotten worse in the last five days. That being said, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to feel that on the over. I'm, 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 I think that it's going to happen. Kenny's going to score a touchdown. I think it'll come on the, on the first drive. I think the Steelers will score a touchdown on the first drive of the game. Hopefully. Yeah, huge, huge. Get that momentum going. It'll die down from there. But I think that Kenny will do his part this week to keep this keep this game from being, I don't want to say close, but keep that keep this game from being what it was last week. So I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go the over as well. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go 32 to 17 Steelers or uh Tampa Bay. I feel okay about that one. That's two touchdowns. You know, maybe Najee gets in the end zone. I think it's like a little bit of an offensive, just like, okay, look at we're like, you know, we're here. We're not totally dead. Show some life. That's all I ask for. That's not, exactly just show a little bit of life. I think that they get that this week. And then Tampa Bay just smokes them. But I but if it was Buffalo, I'd say 70 to zero. But you know, it's Tampa Bay. They've started slow, like you've said. I don't expect Tom Brady to come out here and throw for eight touchdowns, you know, even if it is the worst secondary he'll play in his career. So that being said, if they do lose 50 to zero, remember, remember that there is no starting secondary outside of Terrell Edmonds. So you got to take it all with a grain of salt. You got to take it all with a grain of salt. All right. Let's hope we're wrong, but another week, another uh, feeling good. We're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much. For jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk, make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Talk. Check us out on allsteelers.com. And as always, go use our promo code at establishedtitles.com. Enjoy your weekend. See you at Acrisure Stadium. Peace. 